Welcome. Touches and targets. Fresh off the intro. Fresh off the philosophy. First episode. We are pumped. We're ready. It's the running back rankings. It's the ones you got. It's the, it's the, it's the players that are going to win you the leagues. It's the players that are going to get you the most fulfillment, the most joy, the uh, just the most satisfaction because why, Tyler? Touches and targets. They touch the ball so much, we can't get enough of them. And that's why we're, we're so pumped to start ranking them. Um, we're going to go one, one to 30. Um, this is more of a personal ranking system. If you were able to listen to our first episode, our intro and philosophy, Tyler is, is more equipped and accustomed to the half-point PPR uh, scoring. So his rankings might tailor towards those. Me, I am more tailored to the full-point PPR uh, rankings and hierarchy. So the way my rankings uh, will be kind of tailored towards uh, full-point PPR, uh, we're going to go through them, kind of give you our brief brief opinion on it um on the player maybe if there's something that we need to to throw out there maybe if there's something changing in the o-line the offense the uh, offensive coordinator the quarterback um just something that we might think that again it's early um that could still you know have a play and and uh just how you feel about these players um so give you guys their upside give you guys their downside um just kind of again obviously overall their numerical ranking um tyler you got anything to add to this no, just that, you know, these running backs, we're going to go maybe one through 20 or one through 30, depending on what time we have. But remembering that even these guys who might not be your RB1, the league winners are still here. Mm-hmm. The guys emerging are here. The trade value pieces in standard and half point PPR are here. Yep. So again, these are the primary touchers. Uh, we're going to walk through this. Nothing scares us more than a shared backfield. Bill Belichick, you don't help us out. So we're, we're going to walk through these here and, and give you guys some good insight to upgrading or downgrading standard half point full PPR. So let's, let's get it rolling. Yeah. No, yeah. To add on that, just before we hit in AFC, just to put it out there, the AFC East running back rooms in general, just seem like a travesty, but we'll talk about that later. You got the Patriots, you got the Dolphins, you got the Bills. I mean, that's, it's rough. It's rough. Um, but yeah, so okay, so going going from the shoot, we'll go top three. I mean, ours is pretty contingent whether you're in half point PPR, or you're in full point PPR. Um, Jonathan Taylor, massive Colts fan on this end. Um, I'll tell you, man, he's 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 poised for another great year. Um, their O line's a little different this year. If you guys retire, if you guys uh, sign elsewhere, but you got to just trust Chris Ballard. He's he knows that you RT RTB run the da- RTDB run the damn ball. So um, you know he's a guy that we love. Christian McCaffrey, main reason why he's in this top three, even though he's fair because of uh, some injuries and stuff in the past year, if he's healthy, he's getting touches. He's getting targets. I mean, 2019, I'm pretty sure he had 100 catches, um, and I'm pretty sure he had some something north of 20 touchdowns total. Um, you got Austin Eckler, another Christian McCaffrey-type guy where he's getting just an absurd amount of touches. And it was encouraging, too, even though – um he I think he was hurt for a few games they inserted him right back into the lineup out in uh out in LA and uh you know we used to kind of fear for him when it comes to red zone equity and his touchdown uh dependency um but he showed last year you know I don't have the the stats right away I can probably check him out real quick but I mean last year you know he had some good he he had some good touchdown equity um I know Tyler's big on on Eckler um if you want to chime in at all about this yeah you know I think 
one of the things that we've always been scared of in that LA backfield or, or guys like um, was it Josh Jackson, who was getting in there for some big games and had a lot of yards and looked to be really good on the ground. But again, it was like Eckler never diminished in terms of touching right. the ball, both with, yeah. with rushes and catches again, the, the catches and um, to flip back on McCaffrey real quick. I myself uh, am a new Charlotte resident and early reports out of Charlotte camp are how can we keep Christian McCaffrey healthy? Right. And we know the endurance, we know the cutting, we know all of this, but also the pure number of hits, right? Like the guy touches the ball an absurd amount. Yeah. Early reports are saying a lot of receiving love for CMC this year. So with that in mind, I mean, boy, we got to skyrocket him up. Uh, yeah. The PPR rankings standard. I, he's still a top three, right? He's still in that tier one for us, but maybe a little lower value there. Right. Agreed. Yeah. And, you know, back to the, the touchdowns, I just looked up 20 touchdowns last year. And he's so, and the guys that are behind him are Joshua Kelly and Justin Jackson. And those guys, the guys that they, I mean, when Austin Eckler isn't in, they still play well. So that, that's something you kind of fear for. Um, but these three, these top three running backs, they, Jonathan Taylor catches the ball. Christian McCaffrey catches the ball. Austin Eckler catches the ball. Obviously, we love those guys for half point and full PPR, but these guys add a lot of security for their running or for their quarterbacks. Obviously, Justin Herbert's a little more polished than we might have thought um, after his first year or two in the league. So, you know, that security blanket might not be as important for him, but we just know his value as an elite runner and pass catcher. And then McCaffrey, for whoever's playing quarterback in, in Charlotte, we know that a lot of dump offs and a lot of, you know, wrap arounds and, and end arounds and stuff like that. Those will, those will be the, the old, the 2019 McCaffrey that we're hoping to see. Um, so those, I mean, I think, I think, you know, we can then round the tier one out with Derrick Henry, King Henry. I mean, yeah. I want to talk on him a little bit down the AFC South. And honestly, for my tier one, I'm Dalvin Cook is still there for me. I know Dalvin Cook has been low in a lot of rankings and we've had the injury history. And I'm going to tell you what, if you do have Dalvin Cook, that handcuff um, with old Alexander following there better be there because boy, has he played well when Dalvin Cook's out. Um, But we've seen it when Dalvin's healthy, right? Absolute workhorse. He's in that tier one. He gets all the volume. He's a guy also standard and PPR we love. Um, But yeah, our, our tier one there consensus top five. JT, CMC, Eckler, King Henry, and Dalvin Cook. Yeah. Put them on your board. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it seems like it's a no brainer. And one thing I, I continue to think back and I don't know why, it just never seems like Dalvin Cook does enough to get the number one love, number two love, but he's never outside of the top eight, top 10. So you, and this has been a consistent for the last five years, ever since he came out of Florida State, it seems like. Um, he's a guy that, yeah, it's not the sexiest pick, right? But he does have a few games where maybe dings up his groin or a quad. He's such a downhill bruiser that he gets bruised sometimes himself. So when you think of Dalvin, you're like, oh man, you know, fifth pick, like I'll settle. I mean, man, my eyes are wide. That that dude falling into my lap and I don't have to choose over someone else. Like if Dalvin's coming to me, man, I'm, I'm taking him. And that offense isn't bad. It's They just maybe look like they can't close games, but – Dalvin, Dalvin's easily at 200 yards a game, like in a game is attainable. He doesn't have a low floor. I mean, his floor is pretty. Oh, then, I mean, the game, the game he had in Green Bay last year was insane. Still. I forget how many all-purpose yards he had, but you know, um, going back.
this tier one to, to wrap it up with this group. In your drafts, if any of these guys are falling to you at five, six, or seven, you're negligent in any standard league, uh, whether that's standard scoring, half point, full point PPR, you got to take these guys. 100%. 100%. Um, now we can head on out to the, uh, I guess, tier two. These guys are it's a it's an interesting bunch um, because at, at a lot of times Joe Mixon has has been a kind of like a Dalvin Cook guy yet he's a little bit lower, um, a lot more. Um, than you were you were <clears throat> you were out on Mixon last year. Um, yeah, let's look, let's tell look, the viewers about that. Yeah, I ha- I've had a bad taste in my mouth with Mixon again. He he it, again I will say I have some bad luck with fantasy, um, maybe playing guys at the wrong time or or just guys getting hurt when I have them and then you know I trade them and then they get healthy whatever it might be just mistakes you got to learn from but um yeah I mean their stat lines you know the year before were, were it's 20 for 85 and that stuff doesn't you know glare to me with 20 for 85 no touchdowns three catches 15 yards and to be as high on a guy like Tyler is it was hard for me to get around to um but there were most definitely games last year where he's a top 10, top eight. I think he's top eight, no matter, no matter what, especially if he's healthy, um, especially just looking at these other guys um, and what they have in their offense. But this next two to three, maybe four tier guys, uh, or next tier two with three to four guys, you've got, I know Tyler's a little bit different than mine, but I've got Mixon at six, Najee at seven, Kamara at eight, Swift at nine. Tyler, he's on a little bit different spec. He's over there with, you know, Najee at six, Mixon at seven, Swift at eight, Kamara at nine. Um, not much of a difference, but it's, again, 0.5 PPR. We, I'm a little bit iffy on Kamara this year, but we know he's got a safe floor. We know that offense is going to have to run through him to open up other things. They don't have tight end uh, play. Um, their receivers are coming back. It's a lot of chemistry to be had with the new quarterback, um, especially Jameis, you know, he got – ACL surgery last year and he's you know coming back off the boat but um yeah Tyler if you want to talk about these yeah this group I'd love to hear kind of your philosophy on on these guys and, and where you yeah. can affect them for sure and to to go back on Joe Mixon last year I think I was I was so high on Mixon from a from being the absolute workhorse in that backfield right and and P Ryan got some third down love but for the listeners I was screaming at Jared pre-draft I I forget I had the I don't know, like fifth pick last year. And I was like on the wraparound, like I'm taking Joe Mixon. Yep. And he's like, no, man, no, man. Like that's a reach. That's a reach. And again, half point PPR running backs are, are king. And, yep. you know, thankfully he provided a lot of value for me there. I was, it was yep. a risky take for sure with the injuries, but, you know, I thought he's going to be the workhorse there. Um, and yep. I think that's why, that's why you see me so high on Najee. Yeah. Um, I've got Najee at six. There's, there's no other competitor really in that backfield that I see. Najee's going to touch the ball so much. I mean, what do we I, – I honestly wouldn't be surprised if he leads the running back core and touches this year, right? Yeah. Um, we don't know how good the Pittsburgh offense is going to be, but regardless, again, we're touches and targets. Yeah, we – yeah. No, it's you. We're not – would not be surprised if he leads all running backs and touches and targets. Yeah, and look, the offense has to go through him. Like, you start Kenny Pickett, you start Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah, there's experience with Trubisky, but what makes a quarterback comfortable is running back making plays, opening up stuff for the quarterback to have, you know, 
again, he does. So he doesn't have that many receivers out there. I mean, he's got two, he lost Juju. Um, you know, you got obviously uh, Freermuth, who's, you know, a security blanket as well, but the offensive line got better in Pittsburgh. So that's another encouraging thing. Cause we saw James Conner break his back for two yards of carry. Like we saw him go ballistic just to try and get back to the yard, uh, the line of scrimmage. And we saw that with Najee last year too. But again, they just kept feeding him, kept feeding him, kept feeding him. Um, we think there's a lot of upside to be had there. Um, same with Swift and same with Kamara, honestly. With the Lions, yeah. up-and-coming offense. We like how Swift played last year. Given Jamal Williams, we thought was going to have a bigger role, honestly. That kind of surprised us a little bit too. Um, and who's to say if Swift didn't stay on the field a little bit longer? I know he's kind of had you know a few ailments at the end of the year. He could have had a, a way bigger year, and he could have maybe – carried some people into the playoffs with a lot of confidence but if I'm not mistaken I don't think he played in the uh in the fantasy playoffs that that much but um you know you can talk about him but then you know to round out that tier uh Kamara only slides just again because of the uncertainty with the offense I mean when the running back is the offense you can have a Christian McCaffrey type year or you can have a James Con like a James Conner type year where you're not rushing for a ton per like, you know, your yards per carry just aren't great. And so we just – we th I personally think that Kamara's uh, value is going to help. It's going to rise up with touchdown equity. I think a lot of um, what he needs to do is find the end zone. That offense needs to click. Um, and also they just need to get that O-line to give him some space. He hasn't had much room, much, uh, room to run in. And he's – again, if you fall – if he's your RB1, you're still ecstatic. Like, it's Alvin Kamara. So – you, I know yeah. you're going to chime in on, on him for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, we touched on Najee to, to circle on Mixon. Um, I still love Joey Mix. Uh, the thing is, just with that offense, right, the, the mouths to feed, when you have two other right, – I mean, Jamar, we know, is a tier one, top three receiver. And then T. Higgins is right there too, right? Like, he very well would be a top ten guy. And mm – -hmm. There's there's a lot of a lot of stuff to go around in Cincinnati, as we always say, a lot of mouths to feed. Right. So you know, target equity for Mixon a little bit lower, but of course, good player in a dynamic offense. We love him. Um, yeah. Camara, Camara, I think with he and Swift both, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Both of these guys ending the year in the top five would not surprise me one bit. No. Latavius being there in New Orleans to be between the tackles, Camara was utilized so different. Right. Um, yeah. And the only part that scares me, and I think why I have Swift a tick above, is I, I'm not really sure if they've figured out how to utilize Kamara as that every down back, right? right? Like, and when you had Drew Brees there, he knows where to put Alvin Kamara in a good spot to audible right. out of a run scenario to get him the ball in space. Right. There, there are other, there are just different things he has to do as a conventional running back. Um, I feel really good about DeAndre Swift. Um, I think again, last year seeing Jamal Williams not have a huge impact there. Yeah. I think, boy, with if the volume share is there, DeAndre Swift to the moon. Um, right. The talent is unreal. Receiving game, running game. You know, kind of contrary to Kamara, I just feel like I feel like I've seen Swift do more as like a conventional running back. Absolutely. Uh, and so I think that's why I tick him above a bit. But again, those those two guys, you can't go wrong. I know we kind of we kind of shuffled there on uh, on eight nine, but hey, as we get into 
10, 11, 12 here. We're circling back on James Conner. He's coming back, baby. I know, I know. Well, so not to mention, I want to dwell back on that that uh, Swift comment because, yes, he he was the better, like, traditional running back. And when you look at Jamal Williams' production, they were throwing the ball so – like, you had Goff throw the ball 45 times probably more than half the year because they were down by so many. And a lot of the play – like, Swift maybe just – I don't know if the conditioning is not there or they just don't trust him to, to be as good of a blocker as Jamal Williams. But Jamal Williams' big games came around receptions, not many carries. He maybe had at most 10 carries um, in a game, maybe, you know, going with uh, – toe-to-toe with Swift but I mean when when Swift was on and, and he had his carries Jamal Williams was was more of an afterthought in the running game and he was valuable in the passing game they just they needed guys to throw to um but yeah now on to on to uh 10 11 12 dipping into 13 this is where we we shifted up a little bit but we're still you know I guess relatively in the same mindset here um I guess I'll kick it off with with mine um I'm I couldn't be higher on Aaron Jones, uh, just given the scenario that he's in. He's my 10, and I read – I can't pull out the stats off the bat. Um, you might just have to believe me on this one, and hopefully I can build on credibility. But he's a guy that benefits so much when Devontae Adams is not in the lineup. I know, I know he's not in the lineup for a planned 17 games, so things will be a little bit different. But when you can – work Aaron Jones in the passing game, work him in the running game. He's one of the more efficient running backs. And he gets, I'm pretty sure last year, if I saw, I, he's around the 26 points per game without Devontae Adams in at that. Now, obviously that's not sustainable for 17 games, but we just know that there's a lot of upside. We know Rodgers loves Aaron Jones. Um, and I, I, I just, I, I can't get enough of them. And, and hopefully if, if I'm at that back end, like if I'm, you know, 10 to 14 in a league, or if I'm, you know, eight to 10 in a league, um, I'm looking to get him with a, with my set with maybe my second running back or my, my first wide receiver, second running back kind of type pick. Um, I know you, you've been high on him in the past, but obviously you have uh, someone different ranked at 10. I do. I do. I have, I have James Connor. Yeah. I am a James Connor believer. Um, Chase Edmonds is not there. Uh, He's going to be the guy. I think that that offense is going to be versatile. I think we saw how effective he could be on the ground last year. Um, I'm, I'm buying James Conner this year. Uh, I love him having the majority share in that backfield. Um, you'll see I actually go Leonard Fournette at 11 and then Aaron Jones at 12. Aaron Jones, again, yeah, I believe. Honestly, I think I, I like looking at majority share, right? snaps back there touches um i just think aj Dillon scares me a little bit uh, yeah. now receiving yeah. equity wise like full point ppr i'm not saying aaron jones can't have like that alvin Kamara to latavius murray effect right where he gets a ton of receiving volume it has however to somewhere. It, it does however um looking at it for me in a half point league right like okay aj Dillon's kind of a bruiser is he going to have a lot of red zone equity? I think he probably will. Kind of scares me off of Aaron Jones just a touch. Not saying, like, I'm not ecstatic if he's my RB2 in a, right. in a 10 team. Right. But I don't I don't know if he's, like, again, he's off of that tier two for us. I'm not jumping up and down if he's my RB1 in a half-point right. PPR. Um, and then Lenny. Lenny's kind of similar to Connor for me. Uh, yeah. A lot of departures out of that backfield. Giovanni Bernard's still there, but... 
kind of is what it is. We know Tom controls the clock, controls right. the game, the best of them. Playoff Lenny, he got us excited, right? Um, I was about to say, yeah. Why? So, yeah, well, so, yeah, Ronald Jones is gone. He's in Kansas City. What, like, why, like, why are his preseason ranking, like, why are we ranking him so high? You know, like, why are, why are we, it just seems like it's come so far from three years ago. We having, I'm, I know I'm going a little bit further here, but we're having Saquon outside the top 10, outside the top 12. Like, why are we favoring Lenny? Is it, is it offensive upside? Is it just oh, the, 100%. Fact, like, it, 100%. What, like, what, like pre- pretty much tell some of these people that might be hooked on big names that maybe can't get over, you know, the ambiance of Ezekiel Elliott. Like these names used to be top three, top five, Nick Chubb. Why are we, ranking Leonard Fournette over him so guys like him Aaron Jones James Conner Javante Williams who you know the names aren't as as big as you know uh Nick Chubb Saquon Zeke maybe just kind of you know give a little uh dive about those yeah for sure and and I'll try to use it from a numbers perspective so one of the things that we're always looking at is game flow right and if we thought the Lions were going to be as bad as they were last year we wouldn't have DeAndre Swift in our top 10 no however we think they're going to be better, more opportunity there. And when you're looking at running backs, right, unless your guy, you need to remember when a team is down by two or three scores, odds are their primary back is not back there receiving. Right. It's going to be the other guy. If, right. if the Bengals are down by 20 plus points, you're going to have P. Ryan back there catching passes. And in this scenario, we got to think about game flow, total points scored for an offense. We know the Bucks are going to score. We know they're going to be in the red zone a ton. Right. And we know Leonard Fournette thrives in the red zone. So, yeah, I'm relying a little bit on red zone equity, but, like, that's an offense that I'm buying 10 yeah. out of 10 times. Yeah. Uh, and so you just got to think the production is there. Just like in Green Bay, you think Aaron Rodgers is going to do enough to where Aaron Jones is going to be very fantasy relevant, and A.J. Dillon's going to be viable as well. So AJ, Yeah, A.J. could be, like, a, a low-end RB3, just give it on, like you said, TD equity or or just – he's just a good runner. So he just creates upside, but yeah, go back to what you're saying. Yeah. So you're, you're trying to gauge these offenses and opportunities that will present to the player. So Saquon, for instance, like, does he have the talent? Yes. You put Saquon on pretty much any other team in the NFL. I tell you, we're probably getting him back in the top 10, just like anytime we have uh, a Los Angeles Rams running back, I believe in Sean McVay. And so yeah. that guy's going to creep up for me. Yeah. Um, it just, you know, it varies so much by the offense they're on. You got to, you got to think of how the game flow is going to play out. Right. Uh, one of the things that I got into heavy last year from a number standpoint was looking at um, over unders in a certain game. Yeah. So I anticipated how many points are we going to score? Are we going to get into a high volume type scenario? Are we expecting to play from behind? Guilty as charged, won a fantasy title back in the day on Blake Bortles and Allen Robinson in Jacksonville because of game flow. Yep. That's it. Yeah. Like I say Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles is a top 10 quarterback that year. Because uh-huh. when you're playing from down 30 at halftime every game, you're chugging the rock. That's that's what I'm saying. And, and it's so you 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 allude to that, like those teams that are used to doing that, there's like one exception to a running back to where game flow is kind of like you talk about these matchup proof guys but like christian mccaffrey is that guy like you're putting him on the field at any which way shape or form like you're down 25 he's on the field if he's healthy you're up 25 
he's on the field if you're healthy. Like that dude. That's is- that's perfect. Matchup proof is is a perfect way for a lot of the listeners to think about stuff. Yeah. And I think that's that's perfect right there. Talking about um, talking about whoever in our top ten that we're yeah. deeming tier one, tier two. Saquon is not on the field if they're getting blown out. Right. Derrick Henry's not on the field if they're getting blown out. He he just doesn't have the receiving value. Like, and you're not going to run the ball over you're, like as much as five, six, seven yards per carry is sexy. Yeah, we like that. But that's not that's just again, it's churning. And, the, and this is receiver. Matchup proof is the exact reason that Zeke is probably not a top 10 running back. Right. Because no. we know where we know where Tony Pollard fits now. We know how creative Keller Moore is. Yeah, but let's no. we'll we'll keep we'll keep moving because we we're going to talk about those guys. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I know we we talked about obviously the 10, 11, 12. Javante Williams um, is kind of next on that list for you. Javante kind of six at fifteen. I actually have Saquon ahead of him just because I like. Um, I think the whole offensive line. I'm big on offensive line. I, I've been enlightened um, over the last three four years of just like if you have an offensive line, the opportunity is there. The will to run the ball is there a little bit more, especially early and often, because if you establish it early and something works, we're going to go back to it instead of establishing it early with the Giants every game. It never works every game. They're leading rushers, Daniel Jones on QB scrambles. And then you're just like, why am I even playing Saquon Barkley? And so I'm a little bit more optimistic, um, although when it comes to fantasy, I'm a, I'm a big realist. I don't like to get too high on players. I don't get to like to get too low on players. Um, Cause a lot of times if you're too high on guys, they'll eventually hurt you and let you down. And if you can't uh, get them out of your lineup, man, that's a rest. That's, that's a talk for another time. That's, that's just, uh, that's unfortunate, but yeah, we'll talk about, I mean, Z, you can go and talk about your, your 13, 14, 15, 16, if you, if you mind. Yeah. And, and I'll uh, I'll kind of follow up with with what mine's looking like. Yeah, for sure. Javante Williams, um, good runner. I think the Denver offense obviously is going to be even better. I'd be lying if I said Melvin Gordon didn't scare me a little bit. I'm kind of relying on a huge regression out yeah. of him, but I think Javante Williams clearly has the talent. Um, for, at 14 for me, this is a good one to talk about in different scoring leagues. Yeah, Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb is. I think we would probably agree on this. Nick Chubb is the biggest sway from a standard to a PPR league. The guy does not catch many balls out of the backfield. Kareem Hunt becomes very relevant. Um, But obviously you can't ignore what Chubb does on the ground. I mean, the guy's a workhorse. Um, So I have him in my half point PPR at 14. I've got Cam Cam Akers at 15, Saquon at 16. Uh, Cam Akers, again, I love Sean McVay. I'm buying Sean McVay every day of the week. Um, I think we saw when Cam Akers came back last year, like Daryl Henderson disappeared. That guy like didn't even exist. That's and that's what I was gonna say. I like are we are we nervous? Is is this gonna turn into a unpredictability situation like a Belichick, or is it gonna be all right? We can plan on one A of Cam Akers. And then maybe one B or just a two out of Daryl Henderson. Yeah. I mean, do we have to worry about anyone else? Do we have to worry about maybe them? Because like McVay does love to play the hot hand. Some sometimes he, he he'll does. Play the hot hand. He does. I think there are two ways that I look at these compromised backfields. Yeah. Is 
one one of the one of the systems that I look at it in is okay, is this coach, is this system good enough to where any running back can succeed? Right. Like you can just plug and play whoever. And like whoever has the most talent is going to come out of there on top and they're going to be super fantasy relevant. Right. On the other end of it, I look at it as like, okay, do I just I'm I'm in like an average to below average rushing system. Yeah. And like I don't necessarily know who has the most talent coming out of there, right? San Francisco, Elijah Mitchell becomes super relevant. Yep. Okay, I'm going to – Shanahan's a hell of a coach. He yep. is going to do a lot in that rushing game. We know they ground and pound. Um, also, for you listeners, I have inside information. Anytime the 49ers are going to be up in a game, the play clock, play clock is going below five. So not a lot of plays, not a lot of snaps. Just why we part of the reason we don't love that kind of scheme for right. fantasy. Um, but anyways, with McVeigh, like I think you plug Daryl Henderson, he's fantasy relevant. Cam right. Akers, fantasy relevant with a little more talent on top. Right. Um, and I think that's that's where I'm at with them compared to like a Bill Belichick cycling, Damian Harris for more rushing, Ramondre, a little more explosive. Yeah. Um, but that's that's kind of how I see them stacking up. Yeah. No, I like it. And look, mine's just a little bit different. It's 13, 14, 15, 16 is uh, Chubb, Saquon, Javante, Akers. It, it's really relatively similar. Um, a lot of these guys are going to get similar types, type of volume. They have similar types of offenses. Um, you know, Javante is now upgraded with, with Russell Wilson. So, you know, while – the offense that Russell has been in with the off with the Seahawks, they don't like to use the um, they don't like to use running backs that often. It makes it tricky. Um, I'm sure if you played long enough, you understand that one, but um, we do, we are very aware that Melvin Gordon's there and he's a veteran and he's a guy that he's not the most spry, but he's not the oldest, you know, he's not the oldest running back in the league right now. So like from my standpoint, 15 for me, um z's got him at 13 like there's we just know there's a ton of upside with him we we heard about it last year we heard that he would separate himself with or from melvin gordon melvin gordon stuck around a little bit longer he got a little bit more efficient than we maybe expected um so i think the upside to javante is kind of speaks volumes a little bit further than where he's ranked for us um and as we get closer with kind of mock drafts and, and stuff like that we'll we'll see where he's valued. And obviously with our different formats, that that's going to matter too. So he could be, he could end up being your RB two. He could end up being your RB three. If you, if you, uh, if you kind of go that full attack mode in that 10 team league, you just, you really don't know. Um, it's just anything. And he's, if he's your RB three and you're playing the, the league that has two running backs and a flex, boy, that's value there. So, um, but you know, as we move down, like I know I have Saquon again at 16, David Montgomery, 17, Zeke, 18, Antonio Gibson, 19, and 20, Josh Jacobs. Uh, to touch on Saquon very quickly, after one week, or maybe even preseason, I'm going to have better feel for this. If he enhances his targets and that offense becomes more dynamic with how to utilize him, I'm going to be all in on Saquon. If we try to stick to the New York Giants attempting to establish the run and doing things that way, I'm going to run away from Saquon. Yeah. No, yeah, completely agreed. Um, another thing too, we can uh, we're gonna we're gonna absolutely put our rankings up on uh, up on Twitter um, once we release these uh, this podcast. Maybe we'll do 
the top 20 or top 30 or or maybe we'll make it maybe a little maybe a little bit deeper but we can't harp on every on every person um right now as much as we'd like to but we'll get into it um but yeah those that's a great explanation on 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 those guys um for me personally when it comes to Zeke he's still in the top 20 um I Dave Montgomery uh, again, these guys that I'm about to name, you know, you have Zeke Montgomery and, and Josh Jacobs. I actually like Josh Jacobs upside a little bit more um, this year. I just, he's a, he's a hard to read kind of guy in that offense. Um, PD equity now, better offense. Right. We like points that, that AFC West is loaded there. It's going to be a high octane games all the time. Um, he's going to fare well with that. While his receiving might take hits because they're not going to be down as much as we maybe have thought they were in the past. And, you know, he'd get a lot of check downs, maybe, um uh what's his name i i can't remember uh that angle or angled i think every you know he plays every now and then with the raiders so um you know those passing downs that he he uh he takes over and, and so Kenyon drake's still out there yeah Kenyon drake is still out there and he was again similar with javante williams people thought that he kind of you know take into to jacobs a little bit but we think jacobs is is kind of that workhorse for them. And, and they're going to have a well-rounded offense uh, headed by Carr, Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller. I mean, Josh Jacobs. It's, yeah. it's a great and, one. The line is good too. Yeah. Montgomery, we like him because he's a workhorse, but I want to, I'm a Cowboys fan. I want to talk about Zeke. Yeah. Let's hear it. Go on. The go amount on, of dis, the amount of disrespect for this man. And until he fell on that first down marker and had the knee issue, the guy was absolutely killing it. Um, if you can go ahead and pull up his first few weeks, uh, obviously yeah. leave out Tampa Bay week one. Right. But like the guy, the guy is a premier back. And honestly, if he's healthy, we know that offense is going to score in the NFC East. The goal line equities there. Right. I mean, no, I'm not taking Zeke in my first round again. No. But like if he is there, you know, somewhere in the threes, right. odds are I'm snatching him. Again, this is a guy that we're, upgrading and standard downgrading and, and PPR a bit. Um, but again, I think when he's healthy, like you showed early last year, he's still got it. Yeah, no. And, and I'll, I'll support that. Obviously you said week one, Tampa Bay, that was no game that we expected. Um, but you know, you got the chargers, the Eagles, um, the Panthers and then the giants, he went, we'll just go with points and I'll go with the stats. So 15 and a half, and this is all full, this is full PPR right now. Um, or no, excuse me, this is, now we're going full PPR. He had 17 and a half, 26 and a half, 20.3, 25.2, and 19, even in week six against New England. Um, rushing yards, rushing totals in that, 71, 95, 143, 110, and then 69. Um, he just went ballistic those few weeks. And he didn't even catch the ball that much. There's a, there were a lot of mouths to feed. Um, but now with the, the departure of uh, Amari Cooper, I personally have this thought that Tony Pollard, while he is a really good running back and he, he compliments and maybe um, almost competes with a little bit too much for a, a kind of dynamic in that offense, he's going to be moved to the slot a little bit more. You have Gallup um, and you have CD kind of running the reins there. And Schultz is, I, I haven't read too much into it, but I know he's dealing with a contract negotiation thing right now. I love him. I had him last year. Um, had him, you know, picked him up around the third, uh, third week and just kind of rode him because he was just a guy that was Mr. Security. So while there's a lot of mouths to feed, I, I think you need to look back at last season and just see the potential that he has. And 
given the ailments that he worked through. And, and like Tyler said, just like that knee injury, like it was just kind of a, a like he, he clearly wasn't the same. Like he had no. the brace on. It pissed me off when, yeah. when they debated sitting him and like right. he played a little bit and then he'd come off, like just sit the guy, right. you know? And, and I think him and Tony Pollard are different enough backs. Like Zeke is your between the tackle guy. Right. And let's, let's not ignore like the elite company that Zeke Elliott is in. Right. In his first X years in the league. But, you know, that's where I'm at with him. One thing I do want to do, I know we've only got a couple minutes here. Yeah. Um, we're going to wrap this thing up. We're going to throw out our teasers. Guys outside of the top 20 who it. we are high on. I know you've got a guy who we both love, and I'm going to save my guy. So I'm going to give you a minute to say yeah. your teaser out of the top 20, and then I'm going to hit mine. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I got a teaser, a guy that, he he actually he might be at 20 but he's definitely a guy that um he's gonna grow on me and it's I might be falling into a trap because he's in the AFC East and like I said earlier you got the Patriots with a crowded running back room the Dolphins with a crowded running back room the Bills with just an uncertain running back room and and they throw the ball so much but I am I'm resorting to former Iowa State Cyclone in Brees Hall. I think that offense is significantly better than last year. I'm not sold on um, Zach Wilson. I'm not. But that doesn't mean that other guys can be good around him. And that doesn't mean that with the pieces that they add, Brees Hall, the bruiser runner that he is, the offensive line is is decent. I know they're going to face stiff competition. We love the volume. I've heard beautiful – projections about 200 plus 250 plus touches i mean yep. they're going to need it to give it to someone it seems like michael carter is going to be a great complimentary piece to that but they haven't had a bruiser runner um young spry right out of college as promising as Brees hall um and i'm just going to leave it at that we can talk about that more i'm gonna kick it over to yeah travis etn Game flow in Jacksonville. I'm buying all the shares. Trevor Lawrence needs help. He needs a security blanket. We know ETN is a phenomenal receiving back. I think he can do a lot out of that backfield. Game flow in Jacksonville is going to indicate that they're going to throw the ball a lot. Yep. Um, I think we're going to look up here. James Robinson's not going to be super relevant, and we're going to say, damn, Travis ETN, this guy is scoring a ton of fantasy points. We'll get more on them, but, but those are kind of our two guys. I know we're like, they could jump into our top 20 maybe even higher in a hurry. A hundred percent. And yeah, so yeah, we're, we're going to have to wrap this up in, in just a few seconds here, but yeah, these guys, and we're, we're going to post our, our top 30 um, once we get to release this podcast. And again, we're going to, we might make these podcasts a little bit longer, but we just want to make it short, sweet, captivating. Um, hopefully you guys can maybe resonate with our, uh, with our rankings here. And, and on that note, I'm, I'm a sign off here and, Appreciate you guys listening to Touches and Targets. Uh, we really appreciate it from, from Tyler, from me. Um, we just we hope to see you guys and interact with you guys on Twitter and, and uh, listen to the next podcast.